0: i
1: been bug out square thanks for doing what you got to do to do uh thank you uh music everywhere uh i'm gonna try to go through these songs really quick and uh i know it's been long i, I just i don't know just had to do it man had to go for it and i went for it <laughs> that's a good set man uh yeah this is uh Yeah, it's cool in the game.
2: See him in the temple, Amen. talking with the elders Amen. who marvel at his wisdom. Amen. Amen. Down at the Jordan, Amen. where John was baptizing Amen. and saving all sinners.
1: Yeah, I'm back. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is uh, Sydney Portier, uh, Louis of the Field. Uh, we had talking Bill Withers. In there, uh, brothers Johnson doing come together, that's good. Uh, um, I can Tina Turner, uh, doing a uh, little bit of my heart. Uh, we had Temptations in there, uh, Yubi Blake, uh, uh Ramsey Lewis Trio, Donna Summer, McCoy Tyner, Nina Simone, uh, Sam Cooke, James Brown, Marvin Gaye. Sade, uh, Digital Underground, Brides of Funkenstein, Moms Mabley, uh, uh, Sam, uh, Wilson Pickett, Amen. Bob Marley, Stevie Wonder, uh, Hugh Masekela, Mandrell, Sly and the Family Stone, Pointer Sisters. And we opened up with Joan Armatrading. Yeah, that's a good show, man. Is that what you're coming in to say, to give the nod of approval? All right. remember if you can uh, if you come through the website and you got uh, a few extra bucks kick them in we're really struggling in this thing we're turning around people are starting to get stabbed uh, things are looking up so uh, but you know we'll, we're hanging in we're hanging in
3: gotta fight the powers at the.
4: He's a genius, his name's Josh Kahn, he's gonna sing some songs for you. you I can hear you, you're mic'd up. Okay, I'm just
5: gonna
2: do it.
6: Josh Kahn. That's Khan. it. That's all I want to Okay, play.
4: I'll press stop. That was five minutes and 49 seconds of beautiful music. That Yay. is a syrupy,
6: way too long take of that song.
4: No! Yeah, that's cool. It's I'm going to listen
6: to it later and cry better to, to her
7: It was from her A friend of mine It was a plan To screw me That's what they Sorry. can't involve them, don't want them coming near, cause this thing is getting personal, and the picture is now quiet. matters and he ain't hard to find Cause it ain't the money, honey. but the heart you stole is mine
8: on Tuesday here at uh, FM, f- and that means it's time for the always free podcast this is a podcast where I try to document
9: <coughs>
3: uh,
8: old rainbow news as well as rainbow current events later we're going to have Finch's news segment uh, I might have a caller in from Rich and Spirit who is a crew member for instant soup. Instant soup. Soup is a staple for the gathering. If you're ever hungry, you can always know you can get hot instant soup. Vegan. Usually. And uh, he has some music. So we're going to play some of his music. It's just not a gathering unless you hear Rich in Spirit. We have some more news on the Estonia gatherings. And an old clip of a Somebody reading Butterfly Bill's Montana 2013 story. The music behind me is a jazz improv from the, village, from the Kid Village Band back in Montana 2000. Um, Tenali uh, does all this field recording, so you can hear those at soundsoftherainbow.org. That's where we get this information. So before we get started with the news, I'm going to play the song by our beloved Jai Love from Roadkill Cafe. It's called Welcome Home. (laughs) For no, missing out in the woods. Oh. <laughs> Thanks Jai Love for that song. So, I'm trying to get William, the half-bearded man, uh, wants to call in one of these days and do poems. Uh, but he posted some poetry on Facebook, so let's listen
9: to...
10: Inner peace is how we will achieve it. World peace is the goal, but inner peace is how we will achieve it. We need a network of inner peace woven through the fabric of humanity. So listen to your hearts, but hear others too. Together we are our better selves. We are not perfect. We can do better. We can grow. We can learn. Teach each other. Together we can shine our light into the shadows. Because love is the candle in the cave of life. And a big part of the magic is that we are all individual wicks, all dipped in the same wax, and together we light up the cathedral of nature. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. I guess I always tell people, I just appreciate the magic and beauty of everyday situations. And then, meanwhile, this is my everyday situations. But, we are on the path, but the path is bumpy, and all the bumps each feel like mountains. And we must summit and learn and move on. Every every peak is important but we must summit and learn and move on every hill is a milestone but yet every moment is just a stepping stone get to the next monster next way of being your next evolutionary skin dropping new manifestation of your reality new uh new hairdo new clothes new job new place to live new nickname even perhaps people do all kinds of things to recreate themselves to Perhaps it's to uh, unfold who they could be. Perhaps it's to close who they once were. Don't tell them that. But we must choose a good path. We must work towards peace because technology will not save us. Government policy will not save us. Corporate capitalism will not save us. More plastic will not save us. Cheaper gas will not save us. Monsanto will not save us. The military will not save us. Only. War will not save us. No, no, no. Only peace will save us. We'll only have peace if we have a philosophy that supports peace. We'll only have a philosophy that supports peace if we have a society that values peace. And we'll only have a society that values it if we have a democracy that protects it. And we will only have a democracy that allows for the valuing of the philosophy that supports the peace if we stand up to protect all of it. So find your path forwards through everyday situations. It's always a piece of the bigger picture, it's all those little battles and interactions in life that are important, that's where the rubber meets the pavement. I think that most of humanity's problems is a simple lack of good communication. So learn to communicate, open up, reach out, every day, all day long, just do it at home, do it at work, communicate with your partner, and the coworker, and the stranger, and the other communicate open up talk to people cool. tell them all your biggest darkest problems but you know say hello how you doing what's up out there you know gas is expensive or cheaper or weather is nice or inclement or however start that conversation you know and let our shared perspective tease out the meaning of life's riddles kindle your fire of truth shine your light of love be a beacon together Together we are the future, and if we were living a good path, I don't think anyone's ancestors would object. So every moment with every person is where you'll find world peace. The battle between good and evil boils down to how you treat the earth, its inhabitants, and each other, and yourself.
8: He has been a poet for many years. He, he uh, binds his own books. He does a book binding workshop at uh, corner at Rainbow Gathering, so look out for that if you're ever in the woods again.
9: <laughs> we can never gather again.
10: Peace. We need to work towards peace because peace isn't going to come from the right or the left. Comes from the middle, reaching outwards. But the right and the left always meet somewhere in the middle, and if it's a circle, then they meet in two places. But I think humanity can be more than just a mere circle. I think we can be spherical, like the moon, full of all of the points where everything connects. So let us listen to the heartbeat of our shared world, because only When the dialogue gets long enough, and the conversations get large enough that they reach all the way back around to itself, and then I think we get that holistic perspective. Only when we link the spectrum of our connected collective perspectives together can we see the whole picture, and maybe get real answers. The time is now. Let us make history by making the future. World peace is the goal, but inner peace is how we will achieve it. First we must heal ourselves. Then we can heal our families. Then we can heal our communities. Then we can heal our societies. And then we can heal the Earth. And a healthy Earth will heal the future. The now is a stepping stone. True equality would bring about peace and freedom. If we could have peace, we could have freedom. Without the expense of war, we humans could work less and spend more time enjoying life, right? At the expense of war humans could spend more time experiencing love and happiness and not hate and fear but we would make money from that right you know the ultimate goal of life should not be to become individually successful but it should be to live in a thriving vibrant loving community tiny micro communities woven into the bigger and broader community Life can be good if we let it, we build communities that fulfill each other's needs and then widen those circles, and it's more than possible, it's happening. So grow some of your own food, mend your own clothes, sew on some awesome pockets, make your own music, govern yourself, heal yourself and each other, be free and autonomous, help yourself by helping others. I'm not talking about communism, I'm talking about paradise. <sighs> And I'm pretty sure we can figure out all the little stuff later, because I'm also pretty sure that no one wants to get blown up by nuclear weapons or drink contaminated water tainted by corporations. So let us build the future that we've been dreaming of, because in the battle between good and evil, peace is victory and love is the ultimate weapon. Peace is victory and love is the ultimate weapon. How's that not already like the National Anthem, right? You know, peace is victory and love Ultimate you know, weapon, right? Alright, okay, okay, okay. Hippie. I'm just a hippie. What do I know? Peace, about peace and love.
8: He's not Silly ideas. ideas. He's so much more than that. Uh, thanks again, William, for your words and letting me play them on the station. Happy belated birthday. You just had a birthday. So this is another uh, another song from Dramica Music. This is the person that wrote the uh, I'm Going to the Woods song, the facetious satire about how they're not scared of COVID. They're going to the woods. Uh, they sent me a lot of other music too, so let's hear some more of what they have.
11: sing with me play touch us with your
4: Thank you.
8: Drama and music, and the music—I think it flowed pretty well with the uh, with the po- poetry that we just heard. Um, what a beautiful voice! What a beautiful song! Thank you for letting me um, share your music. And if you're listening to this in your Rainbow Family, and you have links to your music, or you want to just call in and sing songs, or Call in and talk about ever. Um, you know, we're always looking for more content for the always free. It's like the audio version of the paper version.
4: It's so amazing how much crossover there is of Rainbow People that I know that I didn't know that I knew that. Then um, we all hope Diamond Dave's doing well. William, I've known him for years. I have two of his handmade books on my shelf. They're beautiful. They're unique and amazing, and um, and I treasure them. And he even he even made like the covers with like kind of puffy and really beautifully sewn. Like they're
8: yeah, the handmade. I I had a version too. Like um, he sent me one of his books when I was putting together paper always free because it, it's hard to find an always free within the last few years that doesn't have at least one of uh, William's poems in it. Sure,
4: <laughs> he's a talented man. And as you said, he has half a beard and half not a beard, which is a really fun statement.
8: Yeah, half yeah. beard.
4: A- that's an anarchistic s- st- statement.
8: Yeah, I wonder if he chooses to have the the non beard on like the co- the side that the cops will see if they pull him over. <laughs> I wonder if that was a conscious choice. We'll have to ask. Um, hopefully, they'll call in and, and um, give us some poetry someday. Uh, they said that they would, yeah, uh, but we just haven't linked up the right time. Um, I have some news from Estonia that Finch wanted to continue um, with last week. We started playing it last week There's because there's gatherings all over the world um, and all over the world people are dealing with COVID in, in different ways. So I'm going to play Finch's new segment for you now as long as it starts playing.
6: Good afternoon, oh, everyone out there in Radioland, and welcome to another riveting installment of Rainbow in the News around the world with the Estonia European Rainbow Gathering. When we last left our story, the Estonia gathering was getting ready to set up in the, in the region of Ansla in Estonia, and the Board of Health and the police uh, were very nervous about the oncoming onslaught of hippies to their area in a time of coronavirus and pandemic the following is a series of articles from july 17th through 22nd it's still not the full complete set of news about the gathering because this is an ongoing story and quite frankly it attracted so much media attention in the region the small region of onslaught that there were many news articles published about it so here is the next chapter uh, the news stories will be broken up with some rainbow songs with voices and instrumentals by people that you may recognize. So, welcome to Rainbow in the News, and here's what's next. Onslow Municipality looking for legal ways to bar Hippie Festival, July 17th, 2020. On Friday, the representatives of the Ansla municipality, the health board, the police and border guard board, and other authorities met in connection to a month long hippie festival. The municipality was given a recommendation to cancel the festival. Ansla deputy mayor Kumet Mercep and Tia Lut, head of the southern region of the health board, opened up the meeting on Vika Radio's news show Udis Plus. Mercep acknowledged that there has been No application made to the municipality to host the event. The national institutions behind the table recommended Ansla municipality to order the event canceled, and we are trying to do so, but it is difficult to cancel something legally that has not even been requested. He confirmed that if the order is given, but there are still signs of an event on the location, further action will be handed over to the police. Morsep added that they are trying to get the landowner to register the event, but they have not yet reached an agreement. Tia Lut, representative of the health board, said that the largest point of concern is the internationality of the event. She said there is no condition in the material regarding the self-isolation of visitors from high-risk countries. Lut said, "...there are no disinfectant stations available for hygiene, which we strongly recommend." Those should be based on alcohol for this spread of COVID-19. Their lifestyle excludes that. Lut explained, The Health Board wants all events to meet requirements that have been set and be safe. Safe for visitors. Safe for the local community. Further actions will become clear at a later meeting. Starting Monday, there is a month-long hippie festival planned to take place in Ansa Municipality, with invites being shared in closed groups. The invites state that the use of toothpaste, soap, and shampoo is forbidden because it does not meet the principles of the festival. By editor Christian right, Kalas.
1: Short numbers and then uh, a little longer one here. We're going to start with a little tune here. This is my best showpiece here.
5: It's called Malagena. <laughs>
9: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
6: Hippie spread. July 21st, 2020. Opinion piece by Mattis Sepam. A colony of immigrant hippies was discovered in Ansla. Through the new smart application, people can transmit information about the spread of hippies in Estonia. The hippie found near home should be placed in an envelope and forwarded to the Environmental Board for Research, mediates Mattis Sepam. The colony of immigrant hippies discovered in Ansla was of concern to people in the surrounding settlements as well as to various government agencies. Therefore, the Environmental Board ordered a map solution with a targeted procurement which every conscientious citizen can make notes on if he notices a hippie near him. When launching the app, you must allow access to location data, then you can enter more detailed observations into the smart app such as the number of hippies, physical dimensions, number of fringes, and color. To help users, the app also includes sample photos of typical hippies and common accessories. When you give access to your phone's camera, automatic facial hair detection allows you to distinguish a hippie from a completely safe local Estonian hipster. However, The Environment Agency reminds you that since it is difficult to distinguish immigrant hippies from locals with an untrained eye, it is also worth noting if you find a bunch of people sitting in a weird pose, listening to acoustic guitar music, or if someone is just cheerful. The data collected are used to control the invasive alien species Happimus Anoyimus in larger foci. The coronavirus drove many Estonians to rural areas where they ignored plants and animals. Organic food, however, attracts hippies like a burning lamp of moths, warns the environmental board. However, it is possible to keep the dreaded hippie away from your household with these simple tricks. If you raise a flock of chickens, put a sign behind the fence that your chickens are depressed and eat the same food as you. Play loud, aggressive techno or trance music. You can choose from your favorite bands, but various authorities recommend the Scooter, which has proven to be extremely effective. If you find that hippies have already invaded your garden and squeezed the juice out of the celery stalks there, warn them that your celery is inorganic, GMO, and planted in pure synthetic fertilizer. While mowing the lawn or lying in a hammock, drink beer from large groups and avoid handicrafts from small factories. The health board, for its part, warns that independent control should keep a distance, as immigrant hippies can spread many viruses. In the worst case, there is a danger that the terrorist hippie community will infect the whole life of your family with its hugs, which can be fatal to an Estonian with poor immunity. Anyone with a small volume is asked to pull out disposable gloves, put the found hippie in an envelope, and send it to the environmental board for statistical research via a parcel machine.
12: He was a Soviet spy. He had a master's degree in cheat and lie. He programmed the robot to kill the crew. He got trapped on board and there was nothing he could do. He was lost in space. Without a trace, he was lost in space still searching for the human race. Well, there's Betty and the Blue, Marine and Don, but the one that made the show go on is that creepypubescent little carrot top kid named Young Master Will Robinson. He was lost in space. Without a trace, he was lost in space, still searching for the human race. presence of an alien stranger here comes raccoon in his old bowling shoes shuffling his feet and his whistling the blues because i'm lost in space without a trace i am lost in space still searching for the human race
6: Lease cordoned off around Ansla, not let anyone out until the arrival of the responses july 21st by carl robert poom the police have taken over the hippie camp organized in onsla and will not allow anyone to move in or out of the area the police support the decision of the health board and for their part help to identify and test people on the ground the police also ensure that no one leaves the area or adds new people surveillance around the camp is likely to remain for several days until the test results of the 20 people currently on site are known if the test gives a positive result to one of the participants in the event, he or she will be sent to quarantine, where the survivors will be provided with what they need to cope. People with a negative result are allowed to leave, explained Ottomar Verk, head of the Operational Information Service of the Sudden Prefecture. According to him, the camp is estimated to have a little over 20 people, all of whom will be analyzed. According to police official, the situation in the camp is calm. The atmosphere is nice and friendly. The purpose of the camps is actually the same. They also want the virus not to spread and everything to stay healthy. Although this mutual understanding took some time, we sincerely hope that both the organizer and the participants will realize that these decisions are all to protect the health of both of them and members of the community. According to Virgie, the people left in isolation in the camps are provided with everything they need for life, and no one is left in trouble.
13: It. Maybe I'll get it right Oh you know it's Don't try That's how we get this time And maybe I'll get it right Don't try To be the best man I can be To see the world as I should see I'm for your smile Girl you, you shook my foundations And I wouldn't be here you now if you hadn't Left me like you did, but you know it's alright. It's a so hard life. Right. I'll be trying, maybe I will get it just right Uh-oh, with one try. That's all we get this seven. Maybe I get it right. Maybe I will get it just right with my one, one try. But I'll be back for your heart oh, You know I've never uh, felt someone quite like you I won't forget your I, 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 But I'll be trying I know I'll get it just right
6: Onsla Hippie happening. The situation is calm. Access to the camp is closed. By Tiet Loim, reporter for the Post Times, July 21st, 2020. The police are currently helping to identify which countries the people from are coming from in the Onsla Hippie camp. Should Corona positive be found, they must be quarantined. Healthy people who have not been exposed to the virus will be given the opportunity to leave. According to police major Otomar Verga, the situation is calm and there is no reason to talk about the need to use force. The event European Rainbow Gathering started in Ansla municipality on July 20th to August 19th where people from COVID risk areas have already arrived. The Health Board decided to ban the event both to protect the lives and health of the participants and to ensure overall infection safety. The agency is also assisted by the police. Activities are underway. We have long been in touch with the organizers and the people who are there. We are currently operating there as part of the Health Board's request for assistance. We help identify which countries people come from. All people are currently being tested. We are waiting for answers, if, at all, and how many positive answers will come from it. After that, go to any positive quarantine exposed to them as well. We will give those who are not positive, or if there are no positive ones, the opportunity to leave in the coming days, described Ottomar Virk, head of the Operational Information Service of the Southern Prefecture. We will not let new people in. Police have blocked access to it. That's how relatively calm it is. The aim is to ensure safety, that the virus does not spread to these people or beyond, not to onslaught people or anywhere. Therefore, we cannot and do not want to disperse it in any way. It is necessary to know the condition of these people, added Verk. A local villager who drove out of the campground on Tuesday at around 7.15 p.m. told the South Estonian postman that the situation in the camp is generally calm. They're arguing with someone who doesn't wish to give a sample, said the man who wished to remain anonymous. According to the man, yesterday he brought five tons of clean water to the camps for washing. However, as he came into closer contact with them, the villagers had to give a corona test today. According to the man, some locals had also visited the camp yesterday, but there was no closer communication between the locals and the campers that he knew. According to him, there are probably about half a hundred people in the camp. According to Verga, there are still relatively few people in the camp, so there could not be much unrest there at the moment. According to the police chief, the community is benevolent, nice, and understanding. We are definitely trying to find the best solution for everyone. I talked to the landowner and he said that, of course, the most important thing is people's health. But what happens if people who have been given the opportunity to leave still do not? We are looking at it on an ongoing basis. Of course, we have different plans, A and B, but we are still looking for where the goal could be achieved. In other words, the virus could not spread. To minimize this risk, I believe that everything is a matter of negotiation. There is definitely no reason to think about any strong thing right now, Verk replied. As of 6.30 p.m., the entrance to the campsite has been closed by the police. The journalist of South Estonian Post-Times, Arvid Bredax was present at the campsite. At the request of the owner of the property, only officials or service people are allowed on the campsite. Thus, around 6.35 p.m., three outdoor toilets were taken to the campsite. The testing is mainly due to the fact that, to the knowledge of the health board, people from countries with a high infection rate, i.e. from risk areas such as Portugal, are participating in the camp. Those who arrived from there should have been quarantined for two weeks when they arrived in Estonia, but have probably not done so.
14: pennies from heaven, Mm. you'll find your fortune falling all over town. Be sure your umbrellas, skiddle dumple 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 -dumple, upside down, because traded for a package of sunshine and ramen's, if you want the things you love, you must have showers. Don't run under a tree Cause there's pennies from heaven And scissors from heaven for you and me <laughs> You'll find your fortune falling all upside down because traded for a package of sunshine and ravioli macaroni Mm, if you want the things you love you must have a little pizzioli baby and if you hear thunder don't run under a tree pennies from heaven
6: the Onsla Hippie Camp. Once we are here, we will do our summer days immediately. The Onsla Hippie Camp was disbanded with great force, but nothing is wasted. The Health Board will immediately hold its summer days there. Published July 21, 2020. The Health Board decided to ban the European Rainbow Gathering, an event held in Onsla Municipality. According to the Health Board, the place and the already established resource will not be wasted. The summer days of the Health Board will be held there immediately. The health board also shared its summer day plan with the public. Tuesday, July 21st. 12 o'clock. Arrival of the employees of the institution at the location of the so-called hippie camp. Police and rapid response personnel provide security and release the current camp. 13 o'clock. Unpacking things and placing them into tents taken from hippies. Faster arrivals also get better drugs confiscated from hippies. Fourteen o'clock, gathering in the main square, replacement of the hippie rainbow flag with the logo of the health board, festive burning of the hippie flag to prevent the spread of the COVID-19 virus. Fifteen o'clock, the police and fast responders have also picked up the last bidding hippies from the forest and lined them up in the main square, festive burning of hippie clothes so the last COVID-19 virus would not spread. Sixteen o'clock, practical workshop, rapid testing of hippies COVID-19. 17 o'clock. Hippies are sent from the camp to go to the premises sought by the municipality. No one is allowed to go away until the test results are available. However, being a humane institution, we provide hippies with 10 boxes of desiccant for reconciliation and evening consumption. 18 o'clock. Free time, dance, and trolling. The local ansla asthmatic ensemble Atish is responsible for the side. musical side. We ask all colleagues to consume homemade alcohol and drugs taken from hippies responsibly and in moderation. Hippies have many times more tolerance than ours, so be careful. Wednesday, July 22nd, 6 o'clock, waking up and clutch, who slept with whom? 9 a.m., police and rapid responders command the hippies back to camp. 10 o'clock, Minister of Social Affairs Tanel Keeg's greetings to the employees of the agency and admonitions to the hippies. 11 o'clock. Election of the new head of the health board. The draw is made in such a way that each employee selects a candidate of their choice and puts the note in a hat taken from a hippie, which has been soaked in disinfectant overnight. 12 o'clock. Welcome speeches by the new head of the health board. 13 o'clock. Hippie quick test results arrive. 1302. Extremely fast assembly of personal belongings of the staff of the agency and evacuation of the ultra-fast summer days of the agency from the hippie campsite. In any case, the uncoated desiccant is poured into the camp at night and the corona crisis hearth is set on fire. End of summer days! Through the best of times, through the worst of times, through Nixon and through Trump, you remember 36, we went our separate ways, you fought for Stalin, I fought for freedom, you believe in authority, I believe in myself, I'm a Molotov cocktail, you're a Don Perignon, baby what's that, confused look in your eyes, what I'm trying to say is that, I burn down buildings, while you sit on a shelf inside of them. Call the cops on the looters and pie throwers You call it class war, I call them co-conspirators Cause baby, I'm an anarchist You're a spineless liberal We marched together for the eight hour day And held hands in the streets of Seattle But when it came time to throw bricks through that Starbucks window You left me all alone watched in awe at the red, white, and blue on the 4th of July.
14: While those fireworks were exploding, I was burning that fucker and stringing my black flag high. And
6: eating the peanuts that the parties have tossed you in the backseat of your father's new Ford. You in the ballot you believe in reform you have faith in the elephant and jackass and to you solidarity a four-letter word we're all hypocrites but you're a patriot you thought i was only joking when i'm screaming kill whitey
11: at the top of my lungs
14: at the cops and the cars and the men in their suits no i won't take your hand
6: and marry the state 'Cause baby, I'm an anarchist, you're a spineless liberal. We marched together for the eight-hour day and held hands in the streets of Seattle. But when it came time to throw bricks through that Starbucks window, you left me all alone. Oh. Many of the recent news articles about the police action on the European Rainbow Gathering in Estonia have used identical quotations from the same public officials. So in an attempt to be expansive but not duplicitous, the following is a compilation of those news articles. The most recent one dated July 22, 2020. Current state of the European Rainbow Gathering. Going to the Rainbow Festival in Ansla is forbidden. The health board banned the Ansla Hippie Camp. Participants are being tested for coronavirus at the site and the area is being monitored by police. The results of the quick tests will be announced tomorrow. On Tuesday, the Health Board performed a coronavirus test on all participants in the so-called hippie camp in Ansla and ordered that the event be terminated, confirmed to the ERR. The Health Board decided to ban the European Rainbow Gathering event in Ansla from July 20th to August 19th, which has already attracted people from COVID-19 risk areas both to protect the lives and health of the participants in the Rainbow family and to ensure overall infection safety. The Health Board was told by ERR that the organizer of the event has been informed about the ban on the hippie camp. The agency will go there and tests will be made for all participants just in case, because to the knowledge of the Health Board, people from countries with a high infection rate, i.e. from risk areas, will take part in the camp. Ike, Kingsep, media advisor of the Health Board, assured the South Estonian postman on Tuesday afternoon that the employees of the board will go to the venue of the Rainbow Festival in Ansla Parish and that all participants will be tested just in case. This is mainly due to the fact that, to the knowledge of the Health Board, the camp is attended by people who have come from countries with a high infection rate, i.e. from risk areas such as Portugal. Those who arrived from there should have been quarantined for two weeks when they arrived in Estonia, but they have probably not done so. At 4 p.m., the police had closed the road to the hippie camp and started checking the participants. According to Tia Luti, the head of the Southern Region of the Health Board, it is forbidden to go to the event because in addition to COVID-19, people from high-risk countries and non-compliance with the self-isolation requirement— The Rainbow Festival is not intended to provide even basic hand-washing facilities. The lack of soap and running water hand-washing, the use of non-compliant outdoor toilets, and close human contacts are very favorable ground for the spread of various infectious diseases, said Lute, who said that participants also do not have the opportunity to wash food dishes with running water. At the same time, perishable food is stored in a warm environment. In the event of a collective infection, neither assistance nor calling is organized. It is also not possible to access the tents or provide assistance to the property by ambulance, Lute explained. The photographer, who was at the campsite, described the presence of emergency responders, police officers, and employees of the health board. No one will be let in or out, and a quick test will take place at the campsite. Aiki Kingsep explained that the results of the test will be announced tomorrow, and until then, the camps will not be allowed out of the area. The rural municipality takes care of people's well-being. In addition, the rural municipality found premises where, if necessary, corona-positive people could be placed for a couple of weeks. In addition to the health board, the Onsla Rural Municipality Government also believes that the event should not take place in this form. As no application for a permit for a public event has been submitted to the Onsla Rural Municipality Government, the Rural Municipality Government has not given permission to organize the event, said Onsla Deputy Mayor Cormet Mursepa. We are in constant contact with both the health board and the police, and we fully support their activities. Compliance with the ban is monitored by the Health Board and the Police and Border Guard Board, which acts on the basis of a request for professional assistance. Ike Kingsepp, the media advisor of the Health Board, told Delphi that the staff of the board is also present on the spot and tests the participants, as many of them have come from countries with a high risk of infection. As the area is guarded by police officers who will probably have to stay there for a longer time, Ansla municipality ordered outdoor toilets for them. According to King Seppa, the first goal of the agency is to stop the arrival of new people, but in the end it is desired that all campers leave voluntarily because there are problems with water and other hygiene conditions during the gathering. The health board has already imposed the first penalty payment. The police hope to find a peaceful solution. There is also a police station operating on the basis of a request for assistance. According to Ottomar Virki, the operational head of the southern prefecture, the police have been in contact with the health board for several days and visited the site. We support the decisions of the health board. We are currently identifying people. Initially, our task is to reduce the risk of the coronavirus spreading. Those people, fortunately not many of them have arrived, who come from countries at risk, are being tested. Those who test positive will be quarantined. There is no other option. We will give the rest of the people the opportunity to leave the area in the coming days. We do not allow new people into the area. Virk described the police activities to Delphi. Virk noted that the hippie community is generally relatively peaceful and friendly. Worldviews are different. Those who believe that a coronavirus exists, those who do not, he said. We will definitely find a solution that is as peaceful as possible, Verk promised. Unfortunately, this is the situation, and if the situation of the virus improves, it will probably be possible to organize a similar event next year or the next year without any problems, Verk said. Onsla Municipality received information from the Health Board about the European Rainbow Gathering event in Onsla Municipality on 15 July. On the same day, the Health Board sent additional questions to the event contact person with instructions on how it is currently possible to run events with a larger number of participants. Although the contact person generally replied that he complies with the rules, the questions asked by the Health Board remained unanswered. As a result, the Health Board proposed to Ansla Parish, the Environmental Board, the Environmental Inspectorate, the Rescue Board, the Police and Border Guard Board, the South Estonian Hospital, and the contact person of the event to meet and discuss the situation at Ansla Parish Hall on Friday. The event contact person attended the meeting by phone. The authorities considered that, in the circumstances, no safe conditions had been created for the event to take place. The Onsla Rural Municipality Government met on the evening of July 17th and issued an order that the gathering of the rainbow is not allowed in this form. The Health Board handed over the decision to ban the event to the contact person on the 20th of July. The invitation to the hippie camp planned for a month on a private property in Onsla municipality on Monday stated, among other things, that the use of shampoo, soap, and toothpaste near water is prohibited in order to prevent pollution of drinking water. According to Miriam, who had previously attended the Rainbow Gathering event, the event has been misunderstood in several things, and he was surprised by the ban on the event. It was written somewhere that alcohol-based disinfectants are banned, That's not right. If they don't have enough, they could be better equipped. At last year's European gathering in Sweden, there was pretty good hygiene and no problems. At the toilet, definitely had to wash their hands and cut their nails before handling food, he told the ERR. According to Miriam, other detergents are certainly not prohibited, but pollution of water bodies is avoided, and every day when you are really in nature, you are not soaped at all, just like in tents or hiking in nature. The grounds on which the health board wants to suspend the event remain incomprehensible, Miriam stated. Hopefully a solution will be found that satisfies both parties. The Rainbow family will definitely remain peaceful. I can't imagine anything uglier than forcibly dispersing peaceful hippies, who are already on the road, come anyway, and I know there is no reason to disperse them completely, he said. After reports of police surrounding the site, the following two updates were posted on the Facebook group for the European Rainbow Gathering in Estonia, as well as the thread for the Estonian Rainbow Gathering, on rainbowforum.net. From Facebook. The private land where the gathering was to be held is surrounded by police, so no entry or exit. Those inside and probably around will have to take a test. If positive, the person has to quarantine for two weeks with food provided. Please do not come. Edit. It is a nose swab that goes up pretty far into the nose. One official said that if one person refuses, all would have to quarantine. We'll update soon. Edit. Most have taken the test and can go, if negative, tomorrow evening or the next day. Now we just chilling, but people are forbidden to stay after this. And from the Rainbow Forum site... Last update today. Police have taken our details and we all did voluntary test. Tomorrow results and then we have to leave. We are now with 35 people and five children. Our host has been in the media. She has to pay a fine of 800 euro that we hope to pay with the magic hat of last year if the Swedish and Israeli brothers show up with their part of the magic hat. We are safe and still smiling. We hope to make a circle for consensus for next euro gathering.
8: Okay, thanks, Finch, for our news update from the Rainbow News from Estonia. It's interesting to see the kind of things that people deal with all over the world when it comes to Rainbow gatherings, especially now during these COVID times. So the stream went down uh, for a little bit. I don't know how long the stream was down, but later on um, the whole thing was recorded. So hopefully we'll be able to put the uninterrupted version up. I want to give a shout out to one of our listeners, Kamali, who was here last week, and we had a lot of fun hanging out with Rainbow Stuff and uh, <laughs> Rainbow Stuff and things and Lobster Day, the internationally recognized holiday that we made up. This is a recording of, of an original song from um, from them. So I'm really this is a raw. Always free, exclusive...
15: I begin to feel sick Cause I'm back on the bourbon And I'm raging every night I'll be haggard in the morning But tonight I feel just right There's no cause for concern I won't make it your problem I make my own money, and I'll buy my own bottle. Let's pass (laughs) it around, and drink to their deaths. And suck it all down, till there's not one drop left. Cause I'm back on the bourbon, and I'm raging every night. I'll be haggard in the morning, but tonight I feel just right.
16: Ow. Oh, I'll be haggard oh for the <laughs> that oh just right.
8: Yay, that was good. <laughs> that was an always free exclusive. Nobody has ever aired that on the radio before, that's... <laughs> It's a little piece of Kamali that we get to keep. And who doesn't want a piece of Kamali? All right. Thank you again. That was beautiful. I think I'm going to start playing um, Butterfly Bill's, an excerpt from his, uh, his book about the 2013 rainbow gathering that Finch recorded for us. And it might not play all the way through because we're expecting a call from Rich and Spirit. And we're going to play some of uh, his music as well. So if we don't get through the, the 2013 Montana story of Butterfly Bill, we can do it next week. And thanks again to Finch for sending in the news recordings and keeping us updated. And Kamali for your words. And all of you for listening.
6: The Long Walking Gathering, Montana 2013, by Butterfly Bill. The 2013 annual National Rainbow Gathering in the Beaverhead Deer Lodge National Forest in Montana was spread out over a site that measured over two and a half miles from its northernmost to its southernmost populated areas. My daily commute from the place where my van was parked to Info was a mile and a half each way and a round trip from Info to Dinner Circle was over a mile. Adding to that visits to Kid Village a quarter mile away and any other exploring of the site I wanted to do, I probably walked at least six or seven miles in any single day, and many days more than that. And the walks often seemed longer because I could frequently see my destination in the distance across the sagebrush and grass that covered most of the site, and I'd think I was close until I found myself walking a lot more than I was thinking I'd have to. Much of this was a result of a personal choice that I made, to commute to my van parked in handicap every night after spending most of the day around the info booth rather than sleeping in the tent that I set up there. It was possible to stay on the hills where most of the population was and visit lots of kitchens and events with relatively little walking, though the walking you'd do would be mostly up and down mountain slopes of sometimes 20 degrees or more, and many did this but I felt that the daily walk back to my van enabled me to watch the gathering grow and then diminish, and to know what was going on at the front gate and the other side of the valley. I also found the morning walk to be conducive to meditation and reflection, and during that time I composed in my head some of the paragraphs that follow in this essay. This gathering was on the same site that was used in 2000. To me, the western border of Montana looks like a human face in profile, with a long nose extending down over some puffy cheeks, with a pair of puckered lips in the middle. The gathering was near the space between the nose and the lips where a mustache would be. While standing in the main meadow, you could see the valley sides to the left and right slope down low and frame some snow-covered mountains in the distance. This was the Bitterroot Range, and the crest of it is the border with Idaho. The nearest town was Jackson, about 12 miles away down a dirt road that ran through cow pastures after leaving the forest, and the nearest place to do any normal shopping was Dillon, some 60 miles away. Some things were the same. Kid Village was set up in the same place it had occupied the first time, and Love and Ovens was not too far away from its old location. At Kid Village, depressions were found in the ground where the old compost pits had been dug. The people who had filled them in during the first cleanup had raked the ground level over them instead of leaving a mound of dirt over them to compensate to the soil settling as the garbage beneath decomposed. I was told they were dug out again to make the new pits. But more things were different. I called the 2000 gathering the Montana gathering because the Montana camp seemed so prominent. This was not the case this time. The meadow where Teepee Circle stood with Montana Camp immediately to the south remained uninhabited this year until a large boogie pit was dug near its northern end and Montana Camp was hidden in the woods near the ovens. No single Teepee Circle appeared. Instead, they were scattered around the meadows. Info set up not far from where Rainbow Crystal Kitchen was before and encountered the same troubles with a nearby stream that Gary Stubbs did. The main meadow where Dinner Circle on the 4th of July happened was several hundred yards to the west of where it had been in 2000. And this gathering had a lot more of the young rainbows who preferred to dress in black and khaki rather than tie-dyes. Like last year in Tennessee, Fat Kid's Kitchen, people who had been associated with Montana mud, and other crusty kids played a large role in the seed camp, main supply, and cleanup movies. Nick at night acted as roving observers for Shantacena, and we even had some people from the projects haul in some of the supplies for info. I arrived at about three in the afternoon on the 20th of June, after a drive from my current hometown of Muskogee, Oklahoma, that took two days of dawn-to-dusk driving, and from dawn to this time on the 3rd. Uh... The first sign of any rainbow activity was a group of scruffy looking people on a small patch of grass by a fork in the Forest Service Road. One brother walked by my window as I slowed down and I asked him how to get to Bus Village. He told me to go to the left and I did, descending around a broad S-curve to the grass-covered meadow where the lower Bus Village had been in 2000. I found that the center of it where most of the vehicles were parked in 2000, was now occupied by several large wooden cattle pens with ramps for offloading from semi-trailer trucks. There were still some spaces around their edges, and I parked my van close to a fence and one of the ramps. Further away was the fat kid's school bus, along with another bus and some other personal-sized vehicles. I walked back up to where I had seen all the people before and asked another brother some questions. When I asked if the place we were in had a name, he said, A-Camp. Apparently, they hadn't been able to find much booze recently, because nobody was acting especially rowdy, and most of them talked politely to me. When I asked how to get to the main trail, he pointed to the road to the right of the fork and said, That way. That road went for several hundred yards until I saw another group of people by the side of the road, milling about or sitting by piles of camping gear. There were two tall trees close together with two long poles extending between them with two, with short sticks laid crosswise over them to make a counter on which there were already some piles of papers. A little cardboard sign hung from it that said, Info. Next to the tree on the right, someone had drawn a simple map with a white felt-tip marker on a blue tarp and hung it from a rod tied by a tree branch. As I was standing there looking at the counter, A young woman with curly ringlets of red hair came up to me and said, Hi, my name is Change, but most people call me Misinformation. We got into a conversation, and during the course of it, found out that she had been staying by herself with a three-year-old daughter in the dome tent nearby. Her van was parked by itself on the other side of the road, and after coming in yesterday and being confused and finding nobody to answer her questions, she took on herself the task of informing the newcomers. I didn't know a thing about what was going on when I first started, but people had been coming in and telling me all kinds of stuff. She had been there by herself constantly for all that time, and she asked me and everybody else passing through if they had any kind of food. I introduced myself and told her there would probably be another information built further inside the gathering, and I hoped there could be some cooperation. I was also attracted by her outgoing and extroverted personality, and I told her that I saw a talented infomaniac in her. But I found her directions to the main trail failed me shortly after leaving and actually looking for it, and I found myself back on the road headed for A-Camp. There was a group of sober-looking brothers standing and talking by the road to the side, and after expressing confusion at one man's directions, another said, "'I was already going to go there. Do you uh, want want me to escort you?' He took me back up the road and past the place that I heard others refer to later as Little Info, and onto the main trail." Shortly thereafter, I saw Markin and Jay standing next to Markin's new used pickup truck and thanked the brother and told him I wouldn't be needing his services anymore. Markin told me he had just found out they didn't want him to park there and that he had already scouted out another place that was next to the Forest Service Road. It's just a short walk over this hill. Do you want to go with us? I said yes, and we went to the place where we could have parked several feet from the edge of the road under the shade of trees, but Mark had noticed there were no other vehicles parked there, and he was wondering if there was a reason why. It turned out there was. The Forest Service had totally banned all parking by the sides of roads, restricted it to parking lot areas only. This was relaxed in stages later in the gathering, but now it was strictly in force. Change said she had got what seemed to be an agreement so far with them to leave her van parked nearby on the other side of the road. Markin brought his truck down and parked it next to my van in the lower bus village. Later on that evening, Robbie Gordon showed up there with his truck and teepee poles, bringing Tony, two other Taus brothers, and a sister. He said he didn't have any encounters with the Forest Service police on his way in, but some Dillon City cops stopped him for his cracked windshield and noticed that none of the passengers in his back seat had their seatbelts fastened. They gave him a ticket that he was able to pay on the spot with his debit card and let him go, but he was still in a colossally bad mood when he first came in. Shortly thereafter, Henry the Fiddler appeared in his van. It was 34 degrees as the sun appeared over the mountain to the east of the lower bus village at 610 on June 21st. I heard several idling engines as people tried to warm up the insides of their vehicles, and I woke up one guy who was sleeping in the driver's seat of an old Buick station wagon, fearing that he was passing out from carbon monoxide. I finally got my bearings and realized there were two roads leading out of there, the unpaved but graded forest service road that I had first descended, and another less developed road that in some places was just two tire tracks in the grass. They separated at a fork shortly after you started the initial climb. I finally recognized this as the trail I had always taken to the main valley from Bus Village in 2000. It didn't seem quite the same as my memories, and I finally decided it was because a lot of the trees had grown taller. It went on to intersect the wider Forest Service Road, which continued uphill past Little Info and the front gate to the east and ultimately curved around to border the southern side of the site. There was another bus village about halfway up overlooking the main valley and another one higher up at the south road. After a short initial climb and before another short final one, the road between the lower bus village and the front gate was mostly level. There was a string tied between two trees that framed the entrance to it, coming from the Forest Service Road, across from Little Info, with a sign hanging from it that said, Handicamp. This is a place for physically handicapped people that appears at every national rainbow gathering. This was where they first started allowing parking by the side of the road, as long as you were at least five feet from the edge. I passed little info where only Sheila, the sister who came with Robbie, was awake, sitting by a campfire on the other side of the entrance to the main trail. I continued on the trail and went into the main valley. It started out about a hundred feet wide with trees on both sides of a grass-covered band that ran on both sides of a creek for about a quarter of a mile. Then it opened into a broad bowl. Out in the the wide part the tree line was several hundred feet up the slopes from the valley floor on most sides the valley was in the general shape of a t on its side with the trunk of the t extending to the west and the view of the snowy mountains in the distance and the top of the t extending from the entrance by little info to the southern end where the land rose into forest cover and where most of the population would be the altitude of the main circle area was approximately seven hundred seventy-three hundred feet. Where the narrow valley entrance started to open out into the wide meadow, there were people building kitchen that was finally called Mudder Earth. It was originally conceived as a welcome home kitchen, but it turned out to be too far into the gathering to be effective as such. I was told a few days later that there had been a split among the people who worked at Montana Mud Kitchen. Most of them followed Useless, who had been the main focalizer, to here, and it grew into a sizable establishment with a fire pit in the shape of an M and a sign saying, A SOBER FOOD PLACE. Later on in the gathering, some of the other people couldn't bear to see the history-laden name of Montana Mud disappear from the gathering, set up a kitchen halfway up the trail leading to Montana Camp, and put up a sign saying it was Montana Mud. The Always Free had the text of a speech useless had made at Thanksgiving Council, passing the name back to Jimbo, its original founder. It was considerably smaller than the Montana muds of the past. Out in the meadows the land was covered with grass and sagebrush. Here and there were circular holes as much as six inches in diameter, dug entrances to t- as entrances to underground tunnels by some burrowing animal. "'There were small yellow flowers resembling buttercups "'and others that looked like purple-blue bonnets. "'Sound carried far here, and sometimes I could hear voices "'and make out what they were saying from hundreds of yards away. "'The sun started to appear over the hills to light up the valley "'at about seven in the morning and completely flooded it with light by 7.20. "'In the evening, the sun set behind the hills at about 9.10, "'and it took the same amount of time for the valley to be completely in shadow.'" Twilight lasted until after 11 o'clock, and some events that were scheduled for dark 30 started while there was still light. The trees in the forested parts of the sites were almost all lodgepole pines, so named because of their long, straight trunks. Pine bark beetles were starting to do the same thing they had done to the 2008 Wyoming site, making the needles on lots of trees turn reddish-brown and others fall down dead and dry. I could have called it the second fallen tree gathering. It was not yet as severe. It seemed to be affecting less than a quarter of the trees. There was lots of long and straight tinder for building bridges and structures lying on the ground. The pine trees were dispersing pollen which coated tents, tarps, and cars with yellow dust and aggravated many people's allergies. I didn't go very far beyond the initial narrow corridor that first day because I couldn't find anything that looked like established trails out in the wide open part. Instead, I spent the morning at a kitchen that was just setting up called Camp Freedom. My asking for coffee was the stimulus that started a brother called Firewalker to stoke the grill, find stoke the fire, find a grill to lay over it, and ultimately cook up a breakfast that included eggs and sausage. I returned to the parking lot at about noon and experienced my first rain on this site. For a few minutes it was accompanied by rice-kernel-sized hail, but this quickly subsided and this was a rarity. Whenever it did rain around here, it always fell in small droplets. There were never any downpours, and the rains usually lasted only for an hour or two. But every day of the gathering, there was a chance there would be at least one rainy period, and I started carrying a fold-up umbrella with me every time I went out onto the trails. There were a few long periods of rain and one of these was most of the night and morning leading into June 22nd. When I got up and stepped outside of my van at about 5 o'clock in the morning, it had turned into snow. When I got up again at about 7, it was coming down in big clumps of flakes. I was able to stick the full length of an index finger into what it accumulated on top of my van before the tip of it rested on the metal. At 8.45 the sun came out and shortly thereafter the snow turned back into rain and it started to taper off, finally stopping at about 11. Now the snow started melting and the roads of the parking lot turned into what looked like hopeless quagmires of mud, surpassing even Pennsylvania in 99 and Arkansas in 07. I had been planning to walk into the main part of the gathering, but I resigned myself to perhaps spending the whole day in the parking lot. I lay down in my van and dropped off to sleep. By the time I had awakened at about 2.30 in the afternoon, the snow had completely melted and it had to take more than a few vehicles going over them to start packing the road surfaces down hard. The mud congealed and dried rapidly. I also noted that both Henry's and Robbie's vehicles had both left. I walked up to Handy Camp to Little Info to see if Change could use some help, and in the progress discovered where they had gone to. They had parked in Handy Camp's small grassy field along the road just before where it made its brief final climb to the intersection with the Forest Service Road by Little Info. Miss information appeared to be doing all right. Somebody had brought her some packages of ramen that she was boiling in a walk over the campfire, so I again tried to go into the broad part of the valley. This time I found what the Forest Service had been calling an ATV trail, which was a strip of bare land about a foot wide running through the grass. Over the course of two weeks, other foot-trodden trails would appear on, this side of the stri- on each side of this strip until there was a boulevard eight feet wide in spots. Later, there emerged some forks leading off to other trails, and I started telling newcomers to always go to the left if they wanted to get to the most populated area. I walked this trail to where it ended at kid village which had already erected a huge tarp covered structure at about three quarters of the way in i found the big dome tent that was going to be the info supply tent on the morning of june 23rd just before sunrise the temperature was 26 degrees the coldest temperature that i have experienced at a gathering this turned out to be a rarity at this gathering too the more usual sunrise temperature was around 40 degrees. It was cold enough to make going to the shitter in the morning uncomfortable. An hour later, I hauled in my tent and tarp to the info site and found two trees near each other to tie a rope between and drape my tarp over the tent. Then I went on to Kid Village, where they were serving their usual opulent breakfast of potatoes, eggs, pancakes, and oatmeal with fruit. I found out I was still regarded as an elder, like Felipe had pronounced me last year, and had the same be served from behind the line privileges. I returned to my van and brought in a second load of a cot and a blanket, and when I got back to Info, I walked into a council that was being held in the cooperation's meadow behind it. It was a supply and kitchen council, and there were few enough present that people could just talk across the circle at each other without the need for a feather. I was happy to see some faces from Tennessee back this year. Sloth, the nick nighter who kept the books for the magic hat, Ray, the fat kid's sister who helped handled most of Maine's supply. Daniel, who had been focalizing dinner circle, and fellow infomaniacs Jay High and Markin. There was much talk about determining the number of walks and pots in each kitchen and their capacities in gallons and the comparative number of servings each kitchen was capable of, all to determine which proportion of the total amount of supplies available each kitchen would receive. Ray went on and on about keeping supplies off the ground and up on pallets or tables. It was decided that every day, Piles of food would be made, destined for each individual kitchen, and that each one would bring a tent or table for their, for their uh, quota to be placed in. At that time, all the supplies were being deposited at a point on the road far above Bus Village, and there was discussion of moving it down to near the front gate, where it had been in 2000. This was not done immediately, but a few days later it was. Later that afternoon at Info, I found out that the Rainbow Posties that appeared for the first time last year were back. They were a Rainbow Postal Service who walked all over the gathering, delivering messages written on paper and put into envelopes with stamps hand-drawn by the sender. They continued to deliver up to the second when the population of the gathering and the number of the messages got beyond what they could handle. I was told that on the third they had a ceremony where they fired the gathering and burned all of the still undelivered messages in a campfire. They did not deliver any more messages after that. Robbie Gordon and his friend Tony set up their teepees about a hundred yards down the main trail to the north from Info on June 23rd, and I spent some time over there every day. On the afternoon of the 24th, I was sitting out in front of Robbie's with them and a few other friends when Plunker came up to us and said he had some things to report. He said he had heard reports of people being stopped by Leos as they came in and subjected to checks of their licenses and registrations, but he said they weren't using dogs. Shortly after, while Plunker was still there, a man in an LEO uniform accompanied by a man in a light blue plaid shirt, uh, blue jeans, and a tan baseball with a black and white American flag on its crown, Plunker pointed to the man in, in his civvies and said, I'd like to introduce you to this year's incident commander, Tim Walther. He was wearing no gun holster or any other police equipment. The man in uniform told me he was Chris Hancock, the operations officer, and, as he told us, second-in-command. Mr. Walther said that he, this was his first gathering, and he hoped to learn how to work together with you. Plunker described him as a fine gentleman who I think we will really be able to work with. They were going all out to introduce and shake hands and ask our names, and they were willing to chat with us and listen to our concerns. There had been an official-looking piece of paper that showed up at info stating that the forest supervisor had issued a special order banning nudity. Mr. Hancock said, We don't care, just as long as it's not inside of a public highway. Later on in the conversation, I heard him say things like, We might as well work together, and I think we can accomplish a lot more through cooperation and not confrontation. There was no mention of any permit. Then they told us of two recent incidents they had been involved with. A baby elk that had been attacked and killed by a dog and a brother attacking another with a shovel in an argument over a girl. We expressed our concern and our assurances that we would work with our Shantacena to protect things like this from happening again, and they seemed to accept them. All us rainbows there were surprised and cautiously optimistic over this dramatic change in tone from the past. Later that afternoon, the gathering had its first dinner circle with the stated starting time of 6 o'clock and the actual serving starting at about 6.30. About 150 people showed up, and Fat Kids, Mudder Earth, and Iris Kitchens were the first to bring food. Daniel was focalizing as he had in the past, and in later days he poured out the same flower rings on the ground for forming concentric circles around that he had in the past. At the kitchen council, the previous day it had been agreed that it would not be in the same place it was in two thousand, but over to the west in a lower part where there was no sagebrush and all grass. All over the site in the areas not covered by trees there were dried out patties of cow manure that were sometimes as big as two in diameter. There was a greater number of these in the uh, two feet in diameter, there was a greater number of these in the grassy area, and before dinner circle started, Several people showed up with wheelbarrows and tried picking them all up. There had been spotty rain showers all day, and some cow pies were starting to moisten, making them harder to pick up without breaking. Most of the big stuff was successfully removed, but there remained lots of little bits and pieces. To the end of the gathering, you had to exercise caution over where you plopped down your rump when you sat down. Later that evening, in Bus Village, there was an electronics addict who had to have his pickup truck stereo going for all the time it took him to unload all his gear, and I thought back to 2000 where I had to move my truck almost every night to get away from some noise that had just shown up. Previously, both Jay High and Markin told me I was allowed to park in handicap, I guess because of my age, but I resisted it for a while because I was still able-bodied and I didn't want to use up space that might become scarce. This guy helped me make the decision to move and I drove up the road and found a place after a brother there warned me not to park in the first place I chose because of some treacherous rocks. It cut about a quarter mile off my walk in and out so I became comfortable with my decision. There I could close all the doors and windows of my van and be in complete silence. On the morning of June 26th, I did some exploring of the site. To the right of Kid Village, as you approached, it was a stream named Saginaw Creek that ran the whole length of the valley. There was a rainbow-built bridge across it, and the trail across it led uphill to rough-and-ready kitchen. Beyond, there was a fork whose right branch ultimately led to instant soup. Nothing much was happening in either of those places this early in the morning. About a football field's length before you arrived at Kid Village going on the main trail, there was a fork with a trail leading off to the left, and many kitchens and camps appeared off of this. There was a place called Surreal Cereal with tie-dyed sheets hung along its four sides, and by this ran a path that led up to Turtle Soup and Love in Ovens, which was still in its early stages of construction this day. Further along the trail was Jesus Camp, uh, and other, another place where I saw some Bread of Life people, but not their octagonal kiosk and any sign identifying it as such. I was told that several Christian uh, kitchens were combining to make a composite one. Further up the trail was Montana Camp and at the end was a place that offered massage. Many more kitchens and camps would appear later along this trail. Near Info was another rainbow bridge that led across the creek and it led to a place enclosed by hanging sheets inside which they were beating gongs and steel drums and other esoteric percussion instruments. Further along the trail was a kitchen with a big sign that said Rumors and a smaller sign to its right saying Misinformation. I wondered if this was deliberate irony, being not far from our banner that says information and rumor control, and I learned later that it was. The irony was not hostile. The kitchen had first appeared at a national gathering in Washington in 2011, which I did not attend, and its original intent was to be a coffee kitchen with a general focus on serving coffee 24-7 to the late-night info crew. They had an elaborate bliss-fire area with tarp-covered sitting spaces on each side of their fire pit, and this was later a venue for Chantacina workshops in the afternoon. The crew dressed more in the blacky khaki style than the hippie, but there were some mornings when I heard coming from there some tight and spirited drumming. This morning I continued on the trail that ran past rumors and then downhill to the northwest. Just beyond was the end of one of the water pipes leading to the springs above, and there was a line of people with buckets and big jugs waiting to fill them up. A short distance further, Soaring Turkey, a Krishna devotee, was erecting his teepee, where he led chanting and gave talks. Beyond was a camp that I was told was named Stitchin' Bitch, and from there the trail went into the trees and led down to a kitchen with a sign that said, Casual Encounters. The next place that I encountered was a place they called Mud and Butts. It was where the trail intersected another Forest Service road going downhill, and shortly down that road was Nick at Night. The idea behind Mud and Butts was that there, there you could have coffee and cigarettes. The principal focalizer was a brother who called himself Nada Dave, and he was able to inspire a lot of hardcore street kids. There were signs along the road that pointed to Iris Kitchen, Fat Kids, and Fairy Camp. Shortly after passing Nick at Night, which was a tarp-covered structure with many straight sticks crisscrossed around its side, making it look almost like an animal cage, the tree cover started to broaden and the road came to the edge of the meadow, and there a trading circle was forming. In the trees just to the west was The Projects, a camp where there were lots of young people who lived on the streets of big cities when they weren't at gatherings and had extremely anarchist and punk attitudes. Stories were that they sometimes consumed alcohol. They were also reported to like to do small acts of violence on each other as fun, and one of these was shooting at each other with a BB gun. They said it was just a game they played with each other, but some shots went outside their camp into places where there were sometimes children. Complaints about this started coming through info, and finally one afternoon, Mr. Hancock and another LEO came into info and asked where the BB gun was. One of us was able to tell him that one of the older people in that camp had taken it and locked it up in his vehicle in Upper Bus Village. On another day, a big Chantacina council had to be called where some of the traders' blankets had started to migrate backward into what they thought was the boundaries of their camp. On the other hand, Nada dave was able to get several of them to haul in several wagon loads of equipment for Info. so many of us at Info didn't really know what kind of judgment to make. This route seemed to me like a shorter one to the dinner circle area than going down to the main trail in the meadow and then turning a corner to go over and this became my regular route in the evening from Info. Most of the workers in the kitchens and the people in the camps along this route wore blacky khaki fashions and it started to look like this was the dirty kid side of the gathering while the hippie and high holy side was up the hill to the south. The kid culture was also predominant on the other side of the valley near the front gate. There were a few places apparently on the wrong sides of the line, like Rough and Ready and Montana Mud up the hill, and Ferry Camp and Soaring Turkey's Teepee down it, but there were majorities in both territories. Again, info wound up on the dividing line. At kitchen councils, there had been talk about starting a breakfast circle, which would start at about 11 o'clock. On the 27th, we actually did it, and about 300 people showed up. Casual encounters by themselves tried to feed all of these with a wok full of fried potatoes. In later days, pots of oatmeal and dry granola and chai tea from other kitchens would also show up. This continued to happen every day except the 4th until July 7th, and since this was an occasion to pass the magic hat, I attended all of these. David Alexander English took on the task of focalizing it, and over the days he developed a routine that included several parts. As the circle was still assembling and we were waiting, he would call for a roll call of the states, where everyone in the circle would say what town and state they were from. He would ask for everyone at their first gathering to stand up, and this was followed by applause, cheers, and welcome homes. He would ask us to all holler, breakfast circle, two or three times. Then he would ask us all to make a lot of noise and commotion so people will hear it and think there's something going on here and come over to see what it is. Finally, he asked for everyone saying the om to not cheer and holler at the end, but instead stay silent while they squatted down to touch the earth. For four days, there were a few people who couldn't keep quiet, and every day his pleadings grew longer. He'd say, When we chant om, a shaft of light appears in the center of the circle, stretching infinitely upward and downward. When we whoop and holler, that destroys this. Then he started asking anyone who cannot agree to do it this way to please step back from the circle, and a few people complied, but still not everybody. On the 30th, he had a group of people sing the songs, With the Om we call the angels, in the silence they will come. With the ohm we call the angels, in the silence, after the om. But there were still a few who cheered at the end. After the circle had eaten, he asked if there was anyone who wanted to experience what it was like when they remained silent, and about 20 people circled up, ohmed, and then squatted down and touched the earth in silence.
8: Okay, thank you Finch for reading the first half of the Butterfly Bill 2013 story. We have on the line now uh, Rich in Spirit. Can you say hi, Rich? Are you there? (laughs) Um,
9: just
8: Um, I can't get you on the radio yet.
4: Uh, let me turn this down. Sometimes you have to. Sometimes you have to take the little case off your phone to make it work. Although I know you were playing from there earlier.
8: Okay, so uh, can we hear you on the radio now? Can you say something, Rich? Uh,
17: Oh, Oh, yeah, there we go.
8: We can hear you now. Perfect. Okay, so we have Rich and Spirit on the line here. Main staple and instant soup. Well, hi, y'all. Hope you're staying
17: safe.
8: Yeah, we're staying as safe as we can, socially distant here at this radio station.
17: Yeah, I'd, I'd like to say right off that about a week ago, I put up a, a, a live stream of our local band here in the backyard, and I was mentioning how I missed the gathering. I said that it was a gathering to me- commemorate the Woodstock Festival. That was, a, that was my mistake. It's thats true that it commemorates the Woodstock Festival, but it's a gathering for World Peace on July 4th. That, and I was
9: called out on it
8: rightfully, so <laughs> uh, is that the uh the clips that you s- sent me the video of?
17: Uh I don't know what that video you screen. have. Um Back boys. The it, l-
8: yeah, that's what it looks like. <laughs> so yeah, we were missing the gathering here too. That's why we did this uh radio um show to start Like, talking about rainbow gatherings, it's like my rainbow away from rainbow, and we've been, like, archiving an audio version of old issues of Always Free. Uh Uh-huh. Do you have a, what was your favorite gathering, or what is a gathering that sticks out to you?
17: My favorite gathering wasn't in the United States. It was in Ireland. Interesting. Yeah, that was was my all-time favorite. The Irish people loved us. We were totally welcome there
8: oh that's cool what was a what was your favorite part of what was the highlight of that gathering
17: uh, they only had one kitchen and besides the chapati kitchen and I I, uh, I remember gathering under this blue before it was a chapati kitchen everybody that went in there sat down to make chapatis for that evening meal and uh, uh, just uh local farmer came up by with his horse and gave everybody uh, horseback rides and green. It was as green as you can imagine. It, it, it oozed green. It uh, pieces came up out of the ground, all green. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it was it, it, a good one.
9: Cool.
8: Can you remind about, me what year was that? Oh, geez.
17: Uh, I don't know. I see they all blend these days. Uh, uh, late late nineties. Oh cool. I guess. I'm guessing now. <laughs> uh, but I hitched like <laughs> right that with uh with the guitar and a teapot and a bunch of tea into another herbal, little herbal tea kitchen. And that was very rewarding. I was up on the hill by myself and could me if he's come up out of one or two at a time to have herbal tea.
8: Awesome. <laughs> That's a cool like um International gathering memory that you shared with us. Uh, thanks for that.
17: So yeah. I remember, I remember at that gathering with a fellow named Horse. Horse was in Virginia now. Horse and I were walking down to the to the uh, main meal, uh, coming up with a song for uh, the Magic Hat song, and it became uh, the It's still played today. The Magic Hat song, very simple, Doctor Seuss hat song.
8: Do you, Do you want to sing that song? Do you want to sing that song first now?
17: I uh, want well, It was like, uh, it's the magic hat. The magic hat. How about that? It's the magic hat. It gives, it gives us, it gives us all the food we eat. So give to the magic hat. It's that simple. <laughs> and then see it. G C D G, round and round and round.
8: Yeah, I like how yeah. uh, we we combined our our. Our our meals with our music and bring it together and everyone comes together. The hat really is magic because it feeds so many people.
17: Yeah, so the major differences between Europe gatherings and the American gatherings. Huh. American gatherings might have maybe a dozen teepees. Uh, the European gathering you'll have over fifty teepees. They uh, they uh, uh, emulate uh, uh, Native American culture in a big way, much bigger than us. Oh, that's cool. Uh, at night, they'd go around from teepee to teepee to be entertained by a, a German puppet show or, you know, stuff like that.
8: German puppet show.
17: <laughs> that's what cool. German yeah. show. Yeah, uh, uh, Irish folk singing or uh, Italian folk singing. Each, each teepee was different.
4: Yeah,
8: I would, I would like to go to more international gatherings. So I was yeah, wondering... I hope to- could you tell me a little bit about your involvement with Instant St- Soup and how that started?
17: Well, sure. And in, in uh, '95, in New Mexico, we were on a, on a hill. Uh, um, my friend Summer, who uh, and I, who have, he has a health food store here in Key West, who we said that uh, we could we could uh, come up with a kitchen that was healthy, and we searched for the. The most healthy foods we could find, the healthiest soup. And uh, and in 96, we started it in uh, Missouri. So Uh, Instant
8: Soup started in 96 in Missouri?
17: Correct. Been going ever since with a great crew.
8: Yeah, I know it's a place I could always go to.